Welcome back to a long overdue episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I apologize for this episode being incredibly late. Uh, if you heard the first issue of The Crow, Hack Slash, She Wears Shadows, which is the proper title of it, uh, you heard my interview with Tim Seeley about The Crow crossover. Um, and uh, I had teased that we could possibly be getting somebody on the show from The Crow, but I am not able to pull that trigger quite uh, so well. But I digress. We got some cool interviews coming up on the podcast soon, um, connected to Hackslash, as well as don't forget, uh, now that it is 2024, this is the 20th anniversary of the creation of Hackslash. So um, it was Hackslash uh, Euthanized, or just Hackslash, the first one shot. And that was published by Devil's New Press. I think they were still a subsidiary of Image Comics. Um, and uh, we were going to have, of course, Tim Seeley back on the show again, talking about the 20th anniversary and what he's got coming up. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff's coming up in the spring, so we'll have to hold to a whole tight for that. But after this episode, uh, there'll be another episode coming up very quickly. It'll be a very short episode, but it's going to be covering the Hack Slash one-shot that was the compilation of all of the omnibus short stories that got piled into a comic book. And later this year, we're also going to be getting the Hack Slash Image Comics 30th anniversary chapters compiled into their own comic book, too. Um, which is pretty nice because I didn't get any of those 30th anniversary chapters um, that were basically like The Walking Dead and Spawn and Savage Dragon all having their little micro mini stories in the image uh, anthology comic book. But the Hack Slash issues uh, shorts, which are like five pages per comic book, are going to be compiled into one comic book finally coming up. So we're literally looking forward to that. I think it's going to be an exercise comic book, too, just because of how many chapters there were, how few pages there were, but how many chapters there were kind of equals it up to about 60 pages almost. So we're going to get extra link hack slash story for that. Um, but uh, I digress. I think also hack slash issue three of the Zoe Thorgord miniseries is going to be coming out soon. I know that was delayed. I am almost positive that has been delayed. Um, but I digress. But joining me from the Wizards Podcast Guide to Comic Books, please introduce yourself. Hi. Uh, thanks so much, Chris. I'm Michael Schwartz. Uh, as you mentioned, I am one of the co-hosts uh, with Adam on the Wizards podcast. Uh, I'm also a, uh, a screenwriter, written some kids' movies. Uh, some people may have had to sit through them with their kids. Uh, one of them's No Malone, and the other one's Zombie Town. And I have uh, my first comic coming out in April called Armored, um, which is a sort of horror, uh, all ages, Stranger Things-esque comic book series about a boy who finds a haunted suit of medieval armor and he has to fight all these monsters uh with it so yeah thank you so much for having me on so so armored is your first comic book or you've done others before it is it's my first comic and uh it's a the first arc is five issues uh it'll be a bi-monthly series starting april 24th uh we launched it on kickstarter last year so we there's a few people That'll be getting it before it hits shelves. Um, but yeah, and it's the plan is to do at least a few, a few arcs of the series. Uh, right now, it's kind of planned as open ended, but um, yeah, we'll see how it does. And what are you uh, currently covering on Wizards? What's what's coming up soon? Um, we have we actually just recorded an episode today um, on a wizard like one of those side publications they do called the Dark Book. So this is they they had one Dark Book um, in the early '90s uh, with Carnage on the cover, and this is the 1998 Dark Book with uh, Doctor Doom on the cover. So it's 
we just did a, an episode today, so that'll be dropping um, probably in a week or so. Uh, and then we'll be moving on to issue 89, which is we're getting into the in, into like 1998, basically. So we are we're at the late 90s of uh, Wizard Magazine. Yeah. Fantastic, dude. Um, yeah, you're about to leave the 90s. So I know. Uh, leave it <laughs> in your rearview mirror. Yeah, but, it's going uh, to be weird because I feel like Wizard is so associated with the 90s for some people, but I kept reading it into the 2000s. I don't, I don't know. Did you read it a lot, Chris? Uh, yeah, I read Wizard up until uh, I don't think I stuck around to the bitter end. I think in the magazine format in the late 2000s is when I okay. dropped off. So it was just a couple of years prior to them getting canceled. But I think I was up there almost till the very end. But after there was like a couple, I started skipping issues and I started only getting it because the cover was interesting because the magazine was becoming less and less interesting. I don't know what they were doing and I just wasn't interested in reading it anymore. It just, it just, it just wasn't what it was. Yeah. Um, Toy Fair, I, I kept up with pretty heavily until that pitter, you know, just out as well. Um, but Toy Fair became the better magazine, I think, after a while. But Wizards, uh, where you are right now, you still got plenty of good, good, good stuff to cover. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I just, I never did like it when they had to switch the format of the magazine to the big magazine style. Just, I know. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm sure you can talk to Garrett Sheamus about that when next time you have him on the show again. Um, <laughs> For sure. I told Adam, you guys got to get some into some deep hardcore questions with Garrett because there's a lot of fans that don't like that guy. I know. So, and I think it's, I think you got to be journalists and be like, okay, why don't people like you? What did you do? What's your side of the story? You know, why, you know, I understand there's, there's, I, I know stuff, but I'll leave that to your podcast to talk about. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know. I just like having fun reading the magazine. So. <laughs> I, I, I love a good drama and I love the truth. So that's all. Okay. That I'll get Adam onto it for you. <laughs> but I, but I share your um, blockage with Rob Liefeld. He blocked me on Facebook. I made one comment uh, at the end of it. The big baby. <laughs> oh my I could... God. I just listened to one of his podcasts talking about, um, something to do with uh john byrne and man oh man he has to remind him once remind us once again he created domino he created deadpool he created cable he created shatterstar and i'm like oh my god and speaking of him he, he's done some hack slash hasn't he no i i could have sworn i saw some hack slash life field stuff am I, I am i incorrect in that um i don't remember that at all Okay, I could have sworn I saw Tim post something about it recently. Maybe okay, maybe that was really recent then. Maybe because yeah. maybe I would have to reach out to Tim about having Rob Liefeld on the show and be like, dude, what, 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 what yeah, did I say? Yeah, you know what? Back? I'm looking at it now. It, it, I think this is Liefeld. Uh, it's Volume 4 Deluxe Omnibus Hardcover. Oh, okay, that's with a Kickstarter then, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's a yeah. print. I, oh, maybe it's not him. It might be someone else. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to contact him. Um, I'm going to gonna reach out to him anyway because of the 30th, 20th anniversary stuff coming up. But why don't we jump into these issues? Why don't you go over your plot synopsis you had for issues two and three? Okay, yeah. So issue two picks up uh, directly after issue one, uh, where Cassie is falling to her death. And uh, the crow, the male crow in this comic, uh, saves her. And at first she thinks, you know, he's a slasher and she's got to kill him and everything. Marcus but, Greaves, by the way. Yeah, Marcus Greaves. This is not 
This is not, you know, the 90s Eric Draven that that most 80s and 90s kids grew up with. Um, right, and I don't remember the name of the other ones that were um, I don't, from the I movies. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, you know if those are based on actual stories that are made up for the film. So exactly. let's just stick to Eric Draven because there's so many versions <laughs> of The Crow. Let's somebody said, The Crow's not a character that sticks around. You yeah, what you need to do, you go back to the dirt. You go back to the afterlife. So he, he, you know, she, she quickly realizes that he is also after this Angel. Is, is her name Angelus? Like I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to pronounce her name. The the uh, other pro, the female. That would be pro. hilarious considering Angelus is a character in Marvel Comics, once owned by Todd McFarlane. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Angelus, I'll call her An- Angel Angelus Zero. So she's also a crow. So he's come and he's come to stop her, but we don't know why yet. And um, uh, he kind of gives uh, Cassie a bit of a history lesson on the crow. And then they're attacked um, while they're in a hospital because um, Vlad is in a coma. They're attacked by these police and Vlad, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Cassie and uh, Marcus try to escape, but Marcus is injured and you find out that because he was injured while not on his mission, he he sustains these wounds. Um, and the the issue basically ends with them. Uh, it's kind of a cliffhanger. Will you know? Will Marcus survive or not? And uh, Angelus, our evil crow woman, is on her way to the mayor's ball, where she plans to kill the police chief Vincent Roscoe and a whole bunch of other people in San Francisco. Um, so that's basically uh, a summation of issue two, unless I missed anything, Chris. Nope. Uh, go into uh, issue three. Yeah. Okay. So then issue three uh, begins with Marcus coming to, and um, we, we he uses like these powers to show Cassie how he became a crow. And you find out that him and his boyfriend were attacked by these thugs and he, he was killed. He came back, you know, as a crow to avenge That's their true. death. And, but he wasn't able to rest. Once he avenged the death of him and his partner, he was called upon to bring Angelus back uh, because she had overstayed her welcome on earth. And she's, you know, on this crazy revenge kick trying to kill everyone that um, killed her and her sister. Um, and so they end up, uh, Cassie and the Crow, Marcus, end up at the, the mayor's ball where they plan to blow up the whole place and kill all of San Francisco's elite. Um, and we're left at a cliffhanger with the bomb going off and not sure what happens to Cassie. So that's a, that's the uh Basically, recap of issue three. Quick things. I um, I yeah. only have the regular covers for the uh, for the issue that are done by Tim Seeley, but we also have covers by Rebecca Isaacs on issue two, which has a crow and Cassie jumping into the air. Um, the crow, the Tim Seeley regular cover has the Cassie crow makeup on, and then um, our three main characters on the cover. Um, for issue two uh, with artwork also done by Rebecca Isaacs and then the Tim Seeley cover where Cassie is uh, holding her wound with um, Angela standing above her painting uh, using spray paint to paint the crow Um, and then the Rebecca Isaac cover is also with crow and Cassie in uh, bird cages Um, (laughs) there's also black and white covers of Tim Seeley's cover as well oh cool um 
the artist inside Jim Terry, I think does a phenomenal job. Um, he's got a very akin style to uh, Cassie as well. I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Tim, excuse Tim, me, Tim yeah. Seeley. Yeah, sorry, Tim Seeley. Um, I, one thing I want to point out is that this um, skeleton cowboy guy, he reminds me of um, the cowboy from House 2, the second story. Uh, so this is this is issue three you're talking about, right? He shows up. Yeah, I'm just kind end? of I'm I'm just I'm I'm kind of molding back and forth between between them. But yeah, that just that was one thing that I just wanted to point out right away. Hey, I'm a big fan of House Two, so I I agree. He's that that character is cool. Do you know I'm I I don't know the crow well enough, so I I don't like I've read the Eric Draven story, but have you seen this the skeleton character before in other crow? Again, I've only ever read one of the Crow story. Tim Seeley has a Christmas Crow one shot, which I didn't yeah, have a chance to read. No um, way. But uh, I did not read any other Crow story other than the one where it's like a rape. It's kind of like a um, what? What's the movie called? I spit on your grave. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a rape revenge story with a woman because oh, we couldn't write any other Crow story with a woman, right? <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, what what else would it be? It'd be like a rape revenge yeah. story, or it would be like the the second movie, which was like a father and son, which was different than the first movie because it was a couple going to get married on Halloween. Um, you know, they did like a mother and daughter. I guess it'd just be a repeat of the same thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can be killed in the Crow universe. It just feels like it's not all that original because it's always going to be about passion and love, right? Even if it's the love for yeah. your child. That is true. Mm. It, it seems to be the the common theme amongst all the crow stories. Correct. Now, Cassie, through the entire miniseries, is just is is distraught because she had just recently, in Hackslash Resurrections, gotten Vlad back, and to have him end up in a coma in this story um, from a terrible fall really kind of puts her on edge and makes her um, realize that he is her Jiminy Cricket. He keeps her in line from going too far into the dark side. Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you before, you know, like, uh, I'm I'm fairly new to Hackslash, and I'm a huge, huge, huge horror fan, and the fact that I've missed this, I feel like I've missed something, because this, I, I went back and just started reading from the beginning, and I love this, this series in general, like, the, the characters of, of Cassie and, and Vlad, um, and so you're saying this is the first time we, we see Vlad this way? Uh, I mean, he was dead prior to Hackslash Resurrections, and okay. he came back in that. So he was dead for a couple miniseries, Son of Sam Hain and Son of Sam Sam Hain and uh um uh Hackslash versus uh Army of Darkness. Wow. Which is just in title only the context of that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's fighting the army of darkness. It's it's Cassie and Ash teaming up to fight the Necro the Necronomicon Deadites. Got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I want to point out that Angela's makeup in issue two reminds me of like the in betweener. Um, do you know that character from Marvel Comics? <laughs> yeah, I I was also thinking. Um, yeah, that, that that's probably the best example. I was thinking right. Eclipso. Is Eclipso similar, or am I? <laughs> Uh, sort of. That's more purple and white than black and white. Yes, you're right. Um, there's yeah, also yeah. some Star Trek aliens that have some black and white faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's always been like meshups between Superman and Batman. Like, there's an episode of Justice League the animated series where Superman and Batman get like knocked into something, and Booster Girl goes to find out if they're okay, 
and their accommodation of Superman and Batman's fa- bodies, but with Wonder Woman's voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always wondering, like, why haven't we done like a sci-fi movie where a black man and a white man have to be like merged together? You know what I mean? And then like I think there is monster. one. <laughs> I think there is one where it's a a two-headed man. Oh, they're a black and white man. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go too crazy with it. Let's just let's just keep it like a like a straight black and white man. You start going too nuts with it, or whatever. You you you're yeah. just basically you're gonna lose the audience pretty Chris, fast. It's, it's called the thing with two heads. <laughs> I believe a black man gets a white man's head attached to his body. <laughs> oh my god, the thing with two heads does the beast with two backs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The one thing I also got to point out about, um, especially on the cover of the issue, <clears throat> the cover of the issue is Vlad's skin is green, and I guess it's obviously up to the interpretation of the artist what his skin color is because he's gray, he's brown, he's green, he's some kind of ashen something another. Um, I do remember once upon a time, the casting choice for Hack Slash would have been Megan Fox and Michael Clark Duncan. Oh wow! And I'm like. Yes, make that happen. But eventually, yeah. you know, Kim Seeley was like, "Oh, I would have loved Alexandra Daddario," and I'm like, "Oh, f yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go so that, hot." Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of the pace of the story? Um, and just like how heavy of a crow story it is versus a hack slash story? Because this is really a crow story. It really is. And I think that's why, uh, you know, as someone that's fairly new to Hackslash and, you know, I went back and read the earlier issues of Hackslash before getting into this. And um, I was a little bit surprised, but you're right. It really is the story of Marcus and the story of Angelus and how, you know, how they have to change. And he, he ends up, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, Marcus has to kind of give up his life at the end. Um, but overall, I thought the pacing was pretty good. It felt kind of like a little movie. Like it was, it was to me, I, 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 I thought it was perfectly paced. Things moved. There was, you know, nice little cliffhangers here and there. Uh, how about yourself? Um, I, I think the distraction was the fact that it was so heavily a crow story, which I didn't mm. entirely, I didn't, I did not mind. I was just not used to sometimes like the, the incredible, um, wordiness that can be the crow. It didn't take me out of it that this was a. If you're a fan of the culture, this is also a drag queen story too. Yeah, it is, and it's and that's... not something I hang my hat on. I'm not gonna say that if I ever went to a show, I wouldn't watch it. I just, it's not my thing to seek out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, it's funny you say the wordiness of it. At one point, I think doesn't doesn't Cassie even say? To him, cut it with the poetic speak. Like he just he talks so much. I'm pretty sure there's a line in there where she's like, "Okay, can you can you hold it with the with the uh, the poetry, buddy?" Yes, yes, tremendously. (laughs) It uh, it it can. If you're not used to that kind of writing, it can really take you out of it. But I think Tim really have to had to shift his writing style for the story. Oh yeah, I I really believe, but also he um for anyone not familiar with the Cassie character, uh, it being an LGBT heavy story is not unusual because Cassie herself is bisexual, but leans towards more towards women. 
Um, the only two people, guys that she's ever been with were um, the uh, Sam Hain, the serial killer, and Ash Williams. <laughs> oh, she got with Ash, eh? She got with Ash, yep. Oh, or man. Ash got with her, yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so th- there, there's always been a heavy LGBT presence in the um, Hack Slash universe, uh, just because of Cassie is had um, uh, at least two female partners. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a, a book I think that should get more accolades as an LGBT comic book. Um, I think it, it would be really great. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out is that in a lot of the IDW comics, you get full-on page story and the ads in the back, which I think is a good idea. Hmm. I wonder, has it has it been like acknowledged by Glad at all? Uh, I don't know. That would definitely be an interesting question to ask him. Yeah. It's also funny that the um the crow, you know, his pet crow, that the, the the tether to the underworld is there and he's like back in a hospital bed at the end of issue four because like an Eric Draven story, it just feels like Eric kinda of, like Eric just like disappears, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember a lot about like how the other crow characters like once their mission is completed, what happened. Now, I, I'm assuming it has been written, what about a crow story where they don't get their revenge? Yeah, what happens to the crow then? Well, they, that's the interesting thing they bring up here is if he stays too long after, right? He starts to go a bit psycho and crazy. Correct. That, that, that's something I wasn't familiar with in the crow mythos. Like, I don't know if that, that's happened before. He gives up his life to save Vlad. And I think that's incredibly important, too. It is. And to me, that's the pivotal moment of this character. And I'm guessing, you know, neither of us are big crow yeah, not experts for sure. Yeah, but uh, has Marcus shown up before? Is this entirely created character just for this issue, these this miniseries? Yes, this is Tim Seeley's character. Wow, it, yeah. It, the crow. I, I really think it's cool. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by it as someone that's kind of, you know, I've been kind of going back and reading the old Eric Draven stuff and... Um, it was neat to see a new take on, on a new crow because I've, I've stayed away from the movie, like the other movies, like the sequels and the, the TV show. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised overall, but it, you're, you're right. I like, I don't see like Cassie really having a big story here other than it, you know, Vlad is injured and in a coma. That's it. That's really it. And, and it's not to take away from anything I didn't like about it. I mean, it's it's a cat it's a hack the, the the Cassie hack crossovers with other characters will be more their stories, but it, it just feels like it's just the plot device to move the story along is with um with Vlad being in the coma. Yeah. Because you take Cassie out of this and I really think it, it would it would definitely move forward pretty hard. Now the the vil the the other crow, that that actually took me, you know, it took me till issue two to realize that the villain in this story is a crow as well. They don't I don't know if I was the only one that if you felt this way, Chris, but like in issue one, I was like, who is this Angelus person? Like, I didn't realize she was a crow. Right. Uh, it, and it that's took, kind of funny to think about, like, can there be crow villains? Really? I mean, it seems like the crow is a force for good. It's to put it, a balance. It's it's to basically give a, a spirit hurt. A yeah. Fix a problem. 
but it did seem like I think because uh, Marcus says she stayed, you know, too long. She didn't go back to the afterlife. Oh right, yes, yes. She's there. She's kind of lost her her mind. You know, it also also you know Marcus has like the 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 classic Eric Draven look to his face, whereas she has that half white, half black look. Um, uh, right, and don't, also the other thing is it's so funny to think about that uh, both her and um, uh, both bo- both um, both her and Marcus are both uh, also gay because her lost lover is a woman named Lilith. Yeah, I thought is that not her sister? Uh, was it her sister or her lover? I think it's her sister. I think in three they reveal it that it, it she has a twin sister. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, let me let me just double check that. But um, I'm pretty sure what happened was if I, again it, it it's not exactly spelled out, but it was like Angelus's boyfriend. He wanted to have her killed, and he's a he's on the the San Francisco police force, and he kills Lilith, thinking it was Angelus, and then and then eventually realizes, oh no, I killed the wrong sister. And kills her too, and then that's why she comes back from the dead to exact revenge on, you know, on him for the death of both her and her sister. Yeah, yeah. It was like Ciro uh, and her sister, Angela's sister Lilith, was killed by Angela's ex- obsessive ex-boyfriend. Gotcha. Okay, then I A police academy cadet who mistook her for Angela's. Gotcha. Yeah. I read these about three weeks ago, so my notes are a little older. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I, I actually read it twice, so <laughs> um, I didn't pick up on it the first time. I like to always go through the ads in the back to see what the time capsule is of the time. These were pre-pandemic ads, FYI, which is pretty funny considering there's a miniseries, the end of issue four, that says, starting in September of 2019, by Jonathan Mayberry, a comic book called Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it saw the future. Yeah, and also uh let's uh just just as a some clarity what's coming out soon. Um Transformers Ghostbusters issue number 4. I didn't know there was a Transformers Ghostbusters crossover. I didn't um, either. GI Joe the Real American Issue Hero issue 268. This is a FYI, a, a continuation of the Marvel Comics series. And now they're up to issue 303 over at Skybound. Um the uh the um, image comic imprint by Robert Kirkman. This mm-hmm. is not to be confused with the Duke and Cobra Commander miniseries, which is part of the Energon universe. They make that distinction in the in the in the comics, letting you know this is part of the Energon universe. This is the original Marvel comic continuity. Yeah. So we have what is it? Void Rivals, Duke and Cobra Commander in one universe, and then just the ongoing and, trans- and Transformers. Oh, and Transformers is part of the Void Rivals. Yeah, and what's funny is that today they just announced that I I'm I'm gonna pre-order both of these. There are Transformers coming out to look like the original Marvel comic Transformers, based on like a couple figures uh, that have been announced so far: Grimlock and Shockwave from a uh, couple different issues of the original Marvel comics. Oh wow, that's cool! And, like, that is really cool. And Where's it coming out from? News, uh, Jose Delbo, who was a Marvel comics Transformer artist, unfortunately passed away yesterday. He was 90 years old. Oh, man. So where, where, who's releasing those figures? Hasbro. Hasbro. Cool. Yeah. So what else was coming out? Uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, DuckTales, uh, From Hell, Master Edition, issue number seven, Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Trek, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 98. They are up to issue, by the way, 148 right now. Wow. Uh, TMNT Urban Legends, uh, Transformers number 13. This was their IDW's second Transformer continuity, FYI. Uh, Uncle Scrooge number 49. <laughs> it's funny to think about <laughs> the fact that Disney, who owns Uncle Scrooge and the Scroo- and the and the DuckTales comic book here, they're publishing it through IDW, but not through Marvel Comics, which they own. <laughs> <laughs> I know they, they, but it's like Star Wars is through IDW and Dark Horse, isn't it? Like it has been. Yeah, they're uh, Dark Horse is publishing some Star Wars comics too. Again, I'm just like, what is going on? I know I can't keep track anymore. No, neither can I. But yeah, so uh, those are some of the uh, old school ads from about five years ago. Sometimes it's funnier to do that with comic books that are like ten or 15, twenty years ago. But some of the stuff that I, it, some of the stuff that um they they were publishing at the time is pretty funny. Yeah. Um. You know, there's one character in the book that that I was kind of confused by, and it's it's Angelus's like partner in crime. I I don't know where he came from. I feel like he just shows up and he has a bomb, right? You know, the guy that ends up uh, blowing up. Who is yeah. that guy? Where did he come from? I think it was a mini information one. Well, Michael, thank you for joining me to go over these last three issues of uh, this long-delayed episode of uh, Goth Girl Horror covering The Crow, Hackslash. I appreciate coming on the show as a as a new founding fan of Hackslash. First, thank you for having me on, Chris, and thank no you for problem. introducing me to this universe. Uh, yes. I absolutely, I'm, I'm like already gone back and I'm reading it in chronological order, and I love the Hackslash universe. Um uh, but anyone that's interested in my comic, you can find me at um, the uh, Mike Schwartz writes on Instagram or the Mike Schwartz on uh, Twitter. Um, those are probably the best places to find me. And you can uh, check out our Wizards podcast. Uh, you can check us at uh, I think it's Wizards podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. So yeah, thank you so much, Chris. No problem, man. And don't forget, you can find all the episodes of Goth Girl Horror on the RadioHorror.com website. You can also go to um, and pick up my own comic book, which is Vlada, A Dracula Tale. We gender swap the cast of Dracula with its subsequent uh, tie-in comics um, and short story collection. It's short film um, and uh, possibly play coming to a local uh, playhouse near you, depending on who pick up who picks up the script. But uh, me, Tim Vigil, Don Parisi are possibly teaming up for a new chapter of the Vlada Dracula Tale uh, comic book coming out. But you can also, uh, in the meantime, pick up uh, the Vlada Dracula Tale with the cover by Tim Seeley that he did, which is an homage to Tomb of Dracula um, over on my um, Etsy or on Amazon. Uh, or you can send me a message at thatradiopart at gmail.com. Please like, subscribe, and comment on this um, Twitter account at gothgirlhorror. But also go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Amazon, or wherever you have to listen to podcasts, and leave us a rating of five stars, please. Uh, including our guest, also, by the way. I have to go over to your podcast and do that myself, uh, which I will get right on to uh, ASAP. But thank you once again, Michael. Thank you, Chris.